Hello, friends, from Glenn and Linda Dawson with the Preparing Our Hearts for Worship podcast. Hey there, Linda. We're enjoying a recovery from COVID over here. I went back to the doctor this week, and she increased the strength of my medication, so maybe this week we'll come out of this alive. This old COVID thing has a major kick to it, doesn't it? I'm doing better than Glenn is, but I'm still weak and tired. Linda, what is our song this week? It's another song by Fanny Crosby, Near the Cross. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain, free to all a healing stream, flows from Calvary's mountain. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river near the cross a trembling soul love the mercy found me love and mercy found me there's a bright and morning star sheds its beams around me near the cross o lamb of god bring its scenes before me help me walk from day to day with its shadows over me near the cross I watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach that golden strand just beyond the river. For the author of this text, Fanny Crosby, the cross held a special meaning. Known as one of the best gospel hymn writers, Crosby was born into a Puritan Reformed world in northern Connecticut near the New York border. Her lineage can be traced back to the time of Magna Carta in the early 13th century. Much of her family also can be found in the Massachusetts Bay Colony in the early 17th century. From her family, we can trace her descendants to the 20th century crooner, Bing Crosby. When Crosby was only six weeks old, she went completely blind, due to maltreatment of her eyes during a bout of illness. At the age of eight, Crosby moved with her family to Edgefield, Connecticut. Around the same time, she began writing songs. Seven years later, in 1835, Crosby entered the New York City Institution for the Blind. After studying at the school for over ten years, Crosby eventually became a teacher at the institution and received acclaim as a poet. Then on November the 20th, 1850, at 30th Street Methodist Church, she went forward to the altar and found Christ as her Savior. The congregation was singing Isaac Watts' great hymn about the cross. This popular hymn was written by Fanny Crosby. Crosby composed under a number of pen names. While serving as a teacher at the Institute, Crosby met her husband, Alexander Alstein, who was also a blind musician. The two were married in 1858 when Crosby was 18 years old, and she is sometimes known by her married name. Crosby began writing hymns when she was only 24 years old, but it wasn't until she was 44 years old that she discovered her true vacation vocation as a hymn writer. Her first hymn was a Sunday school hymn written for William Bradbury 
entitled, We Are Going, We Are Going to the Home Beyond the Sky. The hymn was written on February 5th on that year and was also performed by Brad at Bradley's funeral in 1868. From that point on, Crosby supported herself by writing for publishing company Biglow and Main Company, where she wrote nearly 4,000 hymns. Her hymns were very popular and were inspired to many prominent composers of that time. Cos Crosby was so proficient at writing hymns, she did not need to wait for any sort of inspiration to come to her. She always composed with a book open in her hand. Most of the times it was a copy of the Golden Hymns. It was held closely over her eyes and upside down. Though Crosby grew up with connections in the Presbyterian Church, as well as being influenced by the Holiness Movement, she did not formally join a church until 1887, Cornell Methodist Episcopal Church in New York City, New York. Crosby was a very small woman, standing only 4 feet 9 inches and weighing less than 100 pounds. Crosby kept her language simple and made it easy for others to understand. Having spent most of her life writing hymns, it is said that Crosby has written almost 8,000 hymns, but the number could be more. Some of Crosby's hymns may have been lost in nearly 200 different pseudonyms that she published her work under. Before the age of 10, Crosby have had the first four books of the Bible memorized, as well as the four Gospels all that committed to memory. Her mental capacity was astounding, often editing her poems in her head while dictating several others, allowing her to compose nearly seven hymns a day. Edith Bloomhopper has divided Crosby's hymns into four distinct categories, salvation, consecration, service, and heaven. Throughout all 95 years of Crosby's life, she came across many important figures, including Henry Clay, of whom she wrote a special poem for Clay on his anniversary of his son's death in the Civil War. United Methodist hymnal editor Carlton Young notes, It is one of many texts by Crosby with vivid image and powerful biblical and evangelical metaphors. The cross, a fountain of healing streams, free grace, the daily walk of faith, God's pursuing love and mercy, Jesus, the Lamb of God, beyond the river of death, heaven with its golden streets, and rest for the post-raptured souls. The glory of the cross, a theme of the refrain, is a common metaphor of the Romantic era hemodity. The cross, a place where the pain of the earth and the joy of heaven come together, is a kind of spiritual altar to which we might draw near for refuge and solace. From it flows a precious fountain, an image perhaps borrowed from the 18th century poet William Cowpower, and his hymn, There's a Fountain Filled with Blood. Though an instrument of cruel punishment and torture, the cross is a source of healing stream. Stanza 1. 
and a place where the bright and morning star sheds its beam on us. Stanza 2. Stanza 3 invites us to meditate upon the cross, bring its scenes before me. The shadow of the cross falls on our daily path. Many writers have commented on Fanny Crosby's ability to employ the technique of hypnotypiosis, painting a vivid scene as if it were present, even though she was blinded soon after birth. The famous evangelist Dwight L. Moody was said to have asked Crosby the following question toward the end of her life. If you could have just one wish granted, what would it be? Moody expected her to ask for sight. Sensing this, she is said to have replied, I would wish to have that I would be blind continually to the end of my life. Moody was taken back and he asked, How can you say that? Crosby was said to have replied, Because after being blind all these years, the first face I want to see is the face of Jesus Christ. The melody was composed by William Doan before Crosby wrote the lyrics for Another Cross. Upon hearing the melody, she said she felt it said, Jesus, keep me near the cross. It continues to be one of Crosby's famous hymns and has been transcribed into numerous languages, including German, Russian, Haitian, Creole, and Spanish. Usually when writing a song, the words come first, then the music is composed to fit it. But sometimes Fanny Crosby worked backwards, and she made the words fit the tune. The tune, written by William Doan, used a compound rhythm with a very simple harmonic structure. Doan, who often signed his name W. Howard, was one of the most prominent collaborators with Fanny Crosby for providing tunes to accompany her text. Much of Crosby Doan's lineage can be traced back to the English settlers in the early 1700s from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Soon after the maple flower, born to the head of a cotton manufacturer, Doan and Treat, Doan grew up in Connecticut as well. From an early age, Doan's interest in music was very clear, being influenced by singing schools and learning to play many different instruments, including the violin, the flute, and double bass. At age 14, Doan attended the Woodstock Academy, where he directed the student choir. Though he never abandoned music entirely, Doan became a very successful businessman who gave generously as a Baptist layperson, having followed his mother's Baptist roots instead of his father's congregational roots. Later in his life, he moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, where he became a civic leader as well as a benefactor. And for 25 years, he held the position of superintendent of the Sunday School at Mount Auburn Baptist Church. In his home in Mount Auburn, Doan included a music room, which contained a pipe organ and many pianos. Having written nearly 200 pieces of music throughout his career, most of them being hymn tunes, Doan was able to publish over 40 different songbooks. After the death of William Bradbury, 
Doan resumed Bradbury's work with the help of Robert Lowry, composing Sunday school hymns. The collection Silver Spray, published in 1869, outsold all other collections, allowing Lowry and Doan to donate enough money to the YMCA in Cincinnati so that they may buy a large pipe organ. The hymns of the Christian church inspire us as we sing them in seasons of praise, prayer, and adoration, and major doctrines of faith. Stories behind the hymns draw us into the lives of the writers and composers and leaves us with solemn admiration and profound respect for the talent and faithful endurance. We often sing songs about being at the cross of Jesus. However, we are told that few of his followers stayed by the cross while he was dying. Most of those who were nearby were those that mocked Jesus or Roman soldiers involved with the execution. John 19 tells us that Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his disciple John were at the cross. They are the only ones mentioned. However, the most important sentiment of this hymn is that we stay close to Christ. The song helps to focus our minds on what Jesus did for us on the cross. The first tanda says that the cross is the means to our salvation. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There is a precious fountain, for to all a healing stream flows from Calvary's mountain. It was at the cross that the precious fountain for sin was opened, as we read in Zechariah 13.1. On that day, the fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from their sins and impurity. From that precious fountain falls a healing stream, as we read Revelations 22.1 and 2. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the, of the Lamb, in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And all this is possible because Jesus died on Calvary's mountain. As we see in Luke 23, 33. And when they came to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right hand and the other on the left hand. Stanza 2 says that the cross is the expression of God's divine grace. Near the cross, a trembling soul, love and mercy found me. There the bright and morning star sheds its beam around me. It was at the cross that God's love and mercy found us, as we read in Ephesians 2, 4-9. through 9. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show 
the exceeding richness of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and then not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This love and mercy were demonstrated in the bright and morning star. In Revelations 22:16 reads, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star, and by grace the beings from this star enable us to walk in the light. In 1 John 1, 5-7, we find, This is the message which we have heard from him, and declare to you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanses us from all sin. Stanza 3 says that the cross is the motivation for us to walk with God. Near the cross, O Lamb of God, bring its scenes before me. Help me walk from day to day with the shadow o'er me. It was at the cross that the Lamb of God died to take away our sins, as we read in John one twenty nine. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This Lamb of God wants us to walk with him. In Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, we read, I therefore am the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you are called with lowness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. But to do this, we must keep its shadow over us, remembering that the love that Jesus showed us in his death as we read in Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Stanza 4 says that the cross is the pointer that directs us to heaven. Near the cross, I'll watch and wait, hoping, trusting ever, till I reach the golden strand just beyond the river. It was at the cross that Jesus gave us hope by his death. In Colossians 1.27, we read, To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And First Peter 1, 3-5, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, 
to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Because of what Jesus did for us, some day we can reach that golden strand after death, as read in Hebrews nine twenty seven, and as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, and we can then be with him just beyond the river, and have eternal life in his presence, as we see in Matthew twenty five forty six, and these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. And first John two twenty five, and this is the promise that he's promised us eternal life. In conclusion, the course says that because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, our glory will be in that cross until our raptured souls shall find rest beyond the river. In the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, till my raptured soul shall find rest beyond the river. You reach a place in your Christian growth where you realize everything that is good and wonderful comes from Jesus Christ. Spending time with Jesus will make everything better. The peace and calm that comes from focusing your ever being on the Savior calms the storms of life. As time passes, what we want most in life is more of Jesus. We want to be more like Him. We want to feel His presence. The more we grow, the more we know His love. The biggest puzzle of our life has been why would an all-powerful, awesome creator want me? When it begins to come together and we realize, indeed, this relationship is what God wants to the point of his sacrifice on the cross and suffering our sin debt to accomplish this relationship, we begin to feel with him the happiness and the joy of our salvation and relationship with Christ. We can come boldly to the throne of grace. We can share his holy eternal happiness in his presence. This is what he wants. The almighty, powerful God we serve wants us to share in the eternal bliss. Wow, what a mighty God we serve. What love are we in the midst of? Whatever God wants is what I want. Wherever he leads, I'll go. This is blessedness. He has brought this change in my life. What joy awaits us. Now, Glenn, play Near the Cross on the Alto Sax for us. Sure, but first, let me ask this question. Do you know this Jesus? Have you had this experience in your life? When Billy Graham was in his last days, he was asked, what would you like your last message to Christians to be? And he said, we need to realize the brevity of life. Our life needs to be centered on what Jesus wants for our life. It's gone all too soon. What we do with our hearts, minds, and spirits and lives is so important. And for Christians, it's not ours to waste. It's but a whisk of wind 
compared with the eternity, and our eternity depends on it. Have you realized we are all sinners? Has the Spirit of God convicted you of sin in your life? Have you asked the Creator God to forgive you of your sin? Won't you trust Him today for your eternal salvation? Will you rest your decision with Him and depend on Him to save you today? The cross is the turning point in our lives, and it's our destiny.
We absolutely love it when you visit with us on our podcast. And it's always so good to hear from old friends and new friends, too. We enjoy sharing stories and history about the old-time hymns, the authors and events related to the writing of their songs. We hope you've been informed and thoroughly enjoyed yourselves. Our music has been distributed to many places on the web. You can hear it absolutely free by searching the web for the music of Glenn Dawson. It's our gift to you, our friends. Go over to YouTube and search for us. When you get there, punch the like button and subscribe button. To partner with YouTube, we need 4,000 watch hours and in a 12-month period and 1,000 subscribers. You could help us get to that, and we would appreciate that so much. This will help us get our channel going. Our program is part of the Glen Dawson Evangelistic Association. We're a 100% nonprofit organization dedicated to sharing of Jesus Christ with everyone. We enjoy hearing from you, and you can write to us on the platform you're hearing us on, or you can go over to our webpage at glendawsonea.com. That's G-L-E-N-N-D-A-W-S-O-N-E-A.com. We look forward to seeing you again next week on Preparing Our Hearts for Worship. God God be be with with you. you. Goodbye Goodbye for for now. now.